This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rasland, today we have uh, two of Malaysia's finest musicians, most famous as well. Um, <laughs> first of all, he is uh, an educator and, and a musician. He's also probably the most famous musician in the Kajang area. He is Azmil Yunor. Hey, there's more famous people in Kajang, lah. Come on. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Bangi represent, man. Bangi represent. Bangi represent, yes. <laughs> and, and that other voice you heard is, he is he wants to call himself a rock and roll archivist and hoarder, but he's also, <laughs> I think it's safe to say, he is the godfather of punk in Malaysia. Probably the most famous person I know. <laughs> and behind him, there's a poster of a band called Carburetta Dung. Um, he is Joe Kidd. Yep. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> it's a pleasure. And uh, our three topics are fatherhood. Topic number two is Joe's anti-vaxxer friends in his circle of friends. And finally, what makes a good movie soundtrack? And a bad one for that matter. Um, so with topic number one, Azmil, fatherhood. You are the only father among the three of us. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, yes. Fatherhood. Um, well, it's really just a segue into... Well, what I want to talk about, really, uh, I think I can say just as, as a spiel, you know, fatherhood. You know, I'm, I'm father to five-year-old twins, a boy and a girl. Um, so, wow. so it's very interesting because you see, you know, is it gender or is it a personality? You know? But a big thing is what I always found interesting. I'm a late father. I became a dad at like 39, close to 40. But one thing I find interesting that what fatherhood has taught me in the, that's not in the books is that it really makes me look at my mortality in a, in, a, in a clearer light, but with some hints of optimism that, you know, oh, I've left a piece of me on this world. Now I, I can just become ash and just disappear or whatever. But I think at the same time, fatherhood doesn't get, I think among us men, all you men listeners out there, um, you know, men's we, we, yeah, men's planning, a man's planning to a fellow man. <laughs> um, that, that, you know, I think fatherhood is interesting because we men don't go around and like, oh yeah, I'm a father, you know, because it's not a big part of a narrative. Because I think for most of us, you know, culturally, historically, fathers have always been this figure, right? You know, to find yourself in that shoe now, it, it's interesting for me. It's like, well, now I'm playing that. Of course, things change generationally, right? Everything, you know, how, what, all this means. Okay, so it goes back to the question, what, what does it really mean being, you know, a father? And I think now in the news, we got the case about Ayn Husniza, right? Who, who's, yeah. you know, and, and the system, which is, you know, you can say it's patriarchal, but I, I, I don't want to put it that way. Because, you know, Ayn has very supportive parents and her father is, is really behind her public and i think i think men if you're a father out there you gotta step up i think that's important to 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 let children of both of any genders to 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 really have a safe time in school i think it's very important asmil can i ask though it sounds like you're really trying to work it through what it is fatherhood is it something you've actually you're actually thinking about is it a kind of a role that you have to play or is it just come very naturally to you oh <laughs> I realized that I don't need that much. I think that's one thing I've realized being a, being a parent, you know. In, in what way? Money or love or I, respect? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had all that. But anyway, <laughs> maybe indulgences maybe in the sense that I realized that I could devote 
a lot to to them and you know my my, my small family young family and you know my my wife she's got to work from home and i realize that being educator i have a bit more time than than somebody in, in her line in corporate so i'm taking all these different roles right most my mom in law lives with us so it's interesting is is i find it very i'm flustered sometimes but you know say like, oh how do i deal with this but it's not something that men talk about much i think that's why yeah. i find it interesting yeah unlike ladies right women you have you have opera men what do we have i mean letterman Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Joe Rogan, you know. But Joe Rogan's great. I, I like to hear me talk about him being a parent. It's like, oh, okay. I, you know, I'm really interesting you say Joe Rogan. I think Joe Rogan's disgusting. I really hate Joe Rogan. <laughs> but I, I have found a number of uh, parents I know, fathers, discovering that their sons are listening religiously to Joe Rogan. Oh, really, um, yeah? Yeah, oh. yeah. So the likes of Joe Rogan, who's basically a fascist gateway. Drug, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, true. These people are, are, are raising your sons. I mean, what I w- it was about 1971 when I was the same age as your kids are now. As <laughs> Things have changed a lot. My father was real that kind of madman generation. I don't. Know, what about you, Joe? Have you reassessed your father? <laughs> I do. Uh, my, my father was my hero, basically. Mm. Really, I mean, he's he's really. I mean, outside of our circle, I mean, outside the family, he was looked upon as this really uh, amazing guy. You see, so. Best thing about that is that when you're growing up, like me, my brother, my Aruha brother who died, we grew up, I mean, me being a punk and all that, we do a lot of strange stuff that people don't really understand and things like that. But when it comes to something that really heavy, uh, we decided not to do it. Like, you know, because our father is quite well known among the, the society in our, our, our small town. So we want to keep his name unsullied, basically, you know what I mean? So. True. There are things that we found ourselves, like me and my brother, we, we were very close. So we hang out, we do a lot of stuff, you know. But at a certain point, you say, oh, no, I mean, we, we, we can't do this. This, you know, Our dad would be ashamed of us, you know what I mean? But he, he was at the same time, was very supportive of us finding ourselves, you know. He never really stopped us from doing things, you know, basically. Mm. It's really amazing. And he didn't even go to, to school. I mean, he went to school at, uh, for two years. And then he became this, like, gangster kampong and then, Got into like, you know, he, he told me, you know, Joe, back in my day, there was no rock and roll, you know. For you to look hip, you have to join Sila. You, know, you have to learn all this, like, really. <laughs> so he went through all that, you know, and then mm-hmm. to the point that he joined the Patani Liberation Front. Okay, yeah, well. yeah. He lived, he lived with the uh, Orang Asli in Southern Thailand, learned about herbs. No, he, there's a lot of things that he did that was really, really amazing, you know. So... Me, growing up, we look at him like, wow, you know, this guy, yeah, something else. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Asmil, can you ever can you, yeah, you no, no, that I'm, cool dad? I, I mean, similarly, I think I think my, my, my dad was a hero too, even now. I mean, he's, my dad's still around, you know, he's still a hero and somebody I can talk to. And again, like Joe, Joe's uh, dad is that, you know, he never pressured to, to things, you know, let me discover. Um, they came from very different times. So I think that's the main thing we can see, right? They They were... The opportunities for things were different at that time and ours. And I think I think that's a good point you guys brought up that when when you think about fatherhood, we would reflect upon our own fathers, right? Um, and I think that's even how we think about ourselves, how as as men, you know. I I would just add because we must move on. I just add though that my father actually died when I was the same age as your kids are right now. Oh, well. okay, okay. Yeah. So I I grew up without any male guidance whatsoever. Adult male guidance ah. whatsoever. 
Ah. And, and at the time, I thought nothing of it. I thought, you know, fathers are overrated. But actually, <laughs> well, because you know, you know, you don't know. And um, and and I, uh, I think though that if I if 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 I would say that actually it is it it really is important to have even if they're a mess or whatever, but to have that male figure and that guidance. And I'm jealous of your your kids growing up that they're going to have you, Asmil. I think you're a great father, and I think you'd be I hope so. great, great moving. Fingers forward. crossed. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd love to have you as my dad. Oh. Come over, come over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'd be I'd be all like, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, I mean, you're well anyway, we're gonna move we're gonna move forward though, but uh but good luck with everything, Osmil and uh, Thanks, man. Yeah. Great, great so we're gonna move now to uh topic number two, which is uh Joe and the anti vaxxers in his friendship group. I, I'm not saying that I mean my closer, closer friend, the people around my immediate circle are not basically, you know, I mean, but a lot of it because they don't really think about it that much actually, you know, like, uh, there was one time I was hanging out with some friends and one guy from the US was here. He was stuck here and we, we went to Bakan. I went out for a smoke and then when I came back, they were talking about the vaccination. And the question they asked me while I was pulling my, uh, my chair to sit down, they said, Joe, would you do it? I said, do what? I said, would you take the the jab, you know? And I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, if all the uh, the other people, yeah, really important has has gotten their, their jab, then I would, yeah, if they offer me, I would take it. And then he start talking about, but didn't you think about, you know, what is the, uh, the underlying things that are happening there? I mean, some people got really sick and things like that, right? I realized that I haven't really talked about it uh, in terms of whether it's good to to take vaccination, right? Um, but when I got it, I just went and get it, you know what I mean? Because from, from what I see, from what I've been reading and all that, you know I mean? It's almost natural to do it. You know, you, you're not just like, uh, I mean, one of the main important thing, I want to see my mom and I don't want her to get sick and things like that. And I mean, my friends and things like that. So it's, it's almost like uh, natural. Even though if you're coming from the more, how to say, uh, oppositional kind of, <laughs> subculture and things like this, you know, I mean, like people start talking, oh, you're following the government, you're, you know, you'll be muzzled and things like this, you know, which is the, the main, how to say, ammunition being used to, for, for, you know, anti-vax basically, if you're coming from the more uh, subcultural kind of side of things, you know, you know, oh, suddenly you're against this, against that, and then you go and, you know, immediately just get your, your jabs, you know what I mean? My friends in the US and in the UK, this, this is a big problem among them. Uh, even in Australia, recently I was talking to a friend there. There's some punks over there which should not be you know what I mean? Out of the fact that they're anti-establishment. But Joe, can I ask then, I mean, you, you know, in terms of numbers, ratio, 50-50? Or and is it split on age? or? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I see this happening a lot overseas though. Uh, among mm. the scene here, I mean, almost everybody got it. I mean, when mm. have chat, I'm happily take pictures with it, you know, like, very really happy. That's true. Yeah, but, but there are, I mean, I, I think some of you also know some of our older friends who are coming more from the, how to say, the, the new age, post-hippie kind of, uh, yeah, that, that kind of like got tied in with the whole, whole the uh, conspiracy uh, theory and, and yeah. getting in, into the, uh, getting deep into the rabbit hole, basically, you know what I mean? And I've yeah. seen some some friends that I really admire. I mean, I, I really like them for what they're doing in the 70s or the 80s. And now they're like kind of a bit weird. 
people who wrote great lyrics and stuff like that. Music, you know, a band called Amoebix is one of the best crusty punk man. And the main singer, Rob, he's now just totally right into all that uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory. Like he was thanking this guy who was uh, an apologist for the Holocaust. Uh, what, so, what about like the, John, Johnny Rotten and uh, Vivian Westwood? Yeah, I mean, it's the same. I mean, but Johnny has always been a contrarian in, in that sense. So I understand where he's coming from. He's always, he's uh, quite changed since the 70s when he was my, my total hero. Yeah, but now it's like getting really ridiculous in the sense that he, he it's more like having himself in, in the spotlight. He needs that spotlight all the time, you know. You know, wearing the, the Trump t-shirt, a pro-Brexit and all those things, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying, in, in, in Malaysia at least, people that I know in Malaysia, well, the older guys, are, are, who are part of the more hippie uh, throwback and things like that, you know. The two circles, the conspiracy mm. theories and all that coming together and they, have, they share a certain part of, of it, you know, and, and very, very vocal about it. Asmil, can I ask you, because you have, you have academia, you're part of academia, you've got music as well, you've got young people. Uh, are you finding that there's a common denominator with pro versus anti-vaxxing people? I think just like what Joe said, Malaysia generally, we're, we're very compliant. I think we, 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 we go with... Yes, uh, that's the word, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen... Personally, no, no, none of within those circles, people are like, I'm not going to get vaccinated. But I know some some professors who aren't Malaysian, you know, they're, they're, they're from overseas, but they're here and they, they're not into vaccination, not just because of COVID, but even like, you know, the child being born, they say, no, they're not going to vaccinate it. You know, again, is that's part of the, the, the general, maybe countercultural uh, leanings. But uh, no, I mean, maybe some friends online, but they're not Malaysian. Again, I've seen some friends really militant about it, like posting stuff about, oh, wearing mask, you know, yeah, historically yeah. mask represents this and that, you know, so, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're, we're, we're of that age where just about every Malaysian has on their arm <laughs> the <laughs> yes, mark yes. of uh, BCG, wasn't it? BCG, Jan. I actually never really worked. Yeah, BCG, yeah. Girls got the, the, the big shot. <laughs> But, but they will counter that by the saying that this, the mRNA uh, way of doing things is quite new and it's also um, mm -hmm. almost like an experimental way of um, jabbing yourself and things like that compared to the, the BCG that we have, which is like an old school way, yeah. which is what Sino Sinovac is doing. Sin Sinovac is doing that, that method, you know, mm. uh, which is mainly killing the, the virus and put it in, in you, something like that. I mean, that's very general, yeah. very basic, <laughs> la, but you know. And um, while the, the other methods by uh, the, the other vaccine are different, uh, yeah. which I think when they, they, they talk it that way, I can understand where it's coming from. There's, there's a lot of worry about it because it's still, how to say, under uh, observation, it's still being tested, it's still being like, yeah. you know, we don't yeah. know what's going to happen in the next five and six months. Or yeah. Whereas BCG is proven, you see? Yeah. Yeah. But it, even so, I mean, we, we are also of the generation where the last generation where if not friends of ours but older friends you know we know people who had polio mm. people don't have polio anymore so it was like True. even in my mother's time you know like smallpox was still a lingering thing yeah but then again what's the, the method that being used you know we, you know the method is different from what being introduced with uh, astrazeneca and yeah yeah so I, i'm just gonna i'm gonna hope that the people who write 
for the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet and stuff no yeah okay it's on trust but at the same time you know we've got kind of a well-established I know Massachusetts Institute of, <laughs> of uh, medicine I mean you know th these are things that we we rely we we trust them to like take yeah, out but, our tonsils no, and stuff I mean we I'm, I I'm, I'm going that... to say I'm going to say here that the, the, the I do believe the the I the, the in medicinal um, uh, factories and, and uh, area now is, is different from from what we had in the 70s or 60s, 80s. Yeah. Now it becomes this big pharma thing, which is yep. all about money. Yep. You see, the way they do things is different now. You know, yeah. like profiteering from people yeah. getting sick. You know, yeah. Yeah. so but, I, that's why that's where I will understand when people will go against it. Yeah, in some ways. totally. Yeah. I must say, um, the needle technology has come a long way. I didn't even realize they inject me that day when I had my jab. It's like, well done. Uh. Just to clarify, we three have all had. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I, yeah. I, I had two already. Yeah. yeah, me too. And I had one. Um, one thing you, I mean, a lot of people don't talk about is that right after you got the jab, you have to really, really be careful because a couple of friends of mine, like last few days, they got the jab, the next day they they, they, they got positive. You know what I mean? What I'm saying right. is like the level of your immunity is very, very low. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you yeah. Have really have to take care. Of, and from what I heard, to about three months after your last jab, you have to really take care before mm. you start. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a very good point. Yes. Yes. good point. Yes, that's true. That's true. Okay, that's true. well, uh, God, we we just cover everything on a bit of culture. We're giving out, you know, health that's advice really, and, and everything. Yeah. And so, <laughs> in a moment, though, we're actually going to talk about a topic where I think that uh, we three, or at least you two, are most definitely qualified to talk about, which <laughs> is going to be movie soundtracks on uh, a bit of culture, BFM eighty nine point nine. And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, uh, Asmil Yunor, and Joe Kidd. And now, a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for ages, but it, it's always trying to find the right people. But these two guys um, are the best people to talk about. Movie soundtracks. And uh, one of the reasons why I say these two guys are the best is because Asmil, I discovered, did his dissertation, his master's, on movie soundtracks. Um, yeah. he's also, and he, oh, he I didn't know that. Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> he, te he teaches film theory, and he's a musician. And Joe Kidd here wrote the soundtrack for a fantastic film uh, called Bunuhan. And no, 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 no. What I did for this, I was one called, I mean, there was a documentary on uh, on this guy, uh, what's his name? Fish Listener. This guy in, in uh, Basut, uh, somewhere in Basut, who actually f listened to fish, which is what the, the traditional method of know, mm. knowing which fish you want to you catch. Because fish are going in schools, in whatever strata is underneath the, in the sea. So they can actually call which type of fish they want to catch that day. And yeah. the way they do it, they would go down to, in, holding to the, to the boat, I mean, to the prahu, and they would listen to what fish are swimming down there. And then they will have this katok, you know, like uh, something that uh, you bang inside the water so that certain fish will go away and you got this other fish coming up. You, you gotta check this fish, listen, and then oh. I did that soundtrack for that, yeah. Uh, okay. The fish listener is, is yeah, it's a very good, very good uh, documentary by Dane. Uh, I think it came out probably about two thousand five. Okay, and I did, I did that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but you're still the nearest thing to Whitney Houston amongst the three of us. So. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, but I just want to say, with, with uh, movie soundtracks, I don't really know where to begin because the movie soundtrack is so important, isn't it? That we, we don't actually always remember lines of dialogue, maybe a few words here and there, but we remember music and, and we, we can put pictures to music and it's so evocative. In fact, when I'm reading a good book, 
when I'm writing a good book as well. I, <laughs> I, create, I create Spotify uh, soundtracks. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I just read uh, Charles Dickens's uh, Oliver Twist, so I'll tell you three tracks that I put on the Spotify. I think you guys will get it. Um, mm. So Oliver Twist, you know, orphan on the streets and all that. So um, the Small Faces, Tin Soldier, right? all right, right, right. Um, and uh, Petula Clark, Downtown, uh -huh. right. and yes. finally finishing with the Rolling Stones, Loving Cup, because the Rolling Stones and Charles Dickens came from the same town. So that must be a very short book then. Yeah, so short. Uh. You loop it, is it? That's, just repeat. <laughs> that's just three of them. I've also got B.B. King in there as well. Oh, my home right. is on the Delta. So, I mean, this is, but it's a very personal thing. You can't, no, you could just give that to somebody and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we make attachments with music that are very personal. And it's like, for instance, I'll finish with one last thing, which is that um, Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. I love ah, that movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 and the music is just integral uh, yeah. by Van Gogh. Yeah. And, it, and it, yeah. has a, it has a melody. It has a tune that you can yeah. whistle. The recent one has Hans Zimmer on the music. And I really can't stand Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, he's not a, it's like he's a Foley artist. There's none of that. M melody which is so recognizable yeah. like we we've, we've run away from melody in movies now yeah. we're too scared to put like yeah. a, a lawrence of arabia kind of movie soundtrack the thing is like i mean there's some movies several movies that i like that, that you don't really hear the soundtrack it's almost like it's not there but it's there you see yeah. which is for me it's another thing that really, really amazing because it kind of add to to the whole, whole atmosphere without you know coming over with all melodies yeah. or whatever it is to, to kind of like distract you from what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I like those, those, those sort of movies too, you know, and also movies who does, who kind of like use it almost like in diegetic way, you know, it's almost natural sound, yeah. but you know, actually it's treated somehow, but it's there, you see, so, and I love, I love that. Yeah. It's interesting because silence is a choice too you make, and you know, it's a sound decision to use silence. I guess we well, I mean, just to take your point there about the new Blade Runway, Hans Zimmer and all, because again, Hans Zimmer is somebody who's established, right, in the industry. And I think what's missing is that sense of somebody who's not familiar. And that's where Evangelist came in, in the sense that, you know, he wasn't canon, he wasn't part of. And that's what's missing now, I think, in, in films and all, because you get established people, because people need some guarantee, right? Oh, yeah, he can deliver. Like Joe, you said that, you know. That uh, yeah. the companies bringing in, they come in a package. Oh, you also write songs, you know. So ah, you know, so you don't, you don't. So you will get the, the safer option. Yeah, and this yeah, is, of course. You know? Yeah, so yeah. that's where the less interesting thing comes up, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, another thing, you know, I don't. You guys listen to John Zorn or not? Oh yeah, no, John Zorn. No, Camp, no, okay. No, John Zorn no. is an avant-garde saxophonist in New York. And I actually actually met him when I went there in 2016. But anyway, he he put out really amazing stuff in the early 90s, late 80s. You know, I mean, one is called the 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 Big Gun Down. Basically, imagining the soundtrack for all the the spy movies, the the noir films of the 50s. You know, and and doing in a jazz way, but also like really. Uh, changing tones all the time, you know, and I read his interview and he said, you know, have you ever watched, you know, the cartoon Merry Melodies? Merry Melodies? Mm -hmm. Remember that? Merry mm -hmm. Melodies from, from the yeah, US, right. which is, yes. and we ever watch it without the, the visual. You just mm. turn off the visual and you listen to it, listen to the soundtrack. And, yeah. that, and I did that. It's amazing because mm. 
you know the Mary Melody's characters, <laughs> they just go like wow, you know, <laughs> doing all this like really crazy stuff. And then the soundtrack was playing it, you know, I can listen to it, and like yes. tempo changes like immediately to, mm. goes through to rap time, suddenly go to like really amazing. And it's full, it's stuff full orchestration. Actually, now yeah. you come to mention it. Yeah. Yes. It's not yes. subservient. I think I think the issue is that you know the the, the music becomes subservient to the visual and story. But whereas I think then it was you know it was an integral part of the storytelling. People forget that, right? You know, yeah. I think the worst thing about like like let's say film, right? If you teach, is that especially teaching film, like I, I'm talking about students here. They tend to it's always about the visuality, right? Oh, chanti, yeah, but story, nothing. But worse is sound. You know, and nothing spoils a. A beautifully <laughs> short film with terrible sound or soundtrack choices, and yeah, you know, you know, like <laughs> even if it's a, a bad movie, it would be great. With a great soundtrack, great sound. yeah, the audio, exactly. the audio in in a in visual is very very important. Yeah, you know I mean? yes, but people yes. forgot about it. Yeah, people forget. Yeah, and even like B movies in in the states, they'll spend as much money on the sound oh, yeah. as as the A movie. Yes, and another thing uh, to add here because <laughs> in my faculty, because we teach film and music, and I'm. The only one who teaches film and ITT one music subject is that you know a lot of film music is being taught by and there's a subject called film music it used to be um, it's taught by music um, academics whereas I think it should be a combination of film and music because it's very different because the language of of let's say somebody teaching music is very different from somebody teaching film and you know people forget film is a multi interdisciplinary form right it's naturally dense. Is everything you know? Is the novel? Yeah, is the yeah. film? Is you know the sound? And, and the light, the lighting also. The lighting. You know I mean? Yes. Well, yeah. and, and soundtracks, uh, you know, is integral, man. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, can, can yeah. the three of us then just quote what we think are uh, uh, soundtracks that we've enjoyed that that work oh. for the movie as Ooh. well, uh, not just standalone in the row. I'll go first then, because you two are scratching your heads. Um, I I think I only own one movie soundtrack. Um, and that would be uh, Stuart Copeland's soundtrack for Rumblefish. Stuart Copeland, the drummer nice. for yeah. the Police, Police. Yeah. and and he did the soundtrack for uh, Francis Coppola's movie Rumblefish. Nice. It's, it's just mm. it's just a really weird um, interconnection. You know, these these two different people coming together, and and a percussionist uh, creating a very percussive uh, soundtrack. Mm. That it just worked really well, and I and I and I really like that. Uh, Joe, do you have one? Yeah. Nice, nice. I have a lot. I mean, I collect them, actually. You know, the, um, what is it? The, the one that I really love recently, uh, actually, the film came out in 2011. I mean, I, I don't think you can really see it because it's a, it's a documentary by Werner Herzog. Mm. Uh, it's, it's called Into the Abyss. No, I've seen the Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. and that soundtrack, that, that soundtrack by this guy, I can't remember his name now, um, Mark Dagley. American Italian, and and it, it it's like the 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 documentary is about life in prison basically in, in the U.S., which is a huge you know problem over there. Everybody just almost everyone is in in in, in jail somewhere. You know what I mean? But and it's also about the death sentence. But this guy is going to go through death sentence. You know, so that soundtrack really just plays with your emotion and together with the visuals. And Werner Herzog is such a Brilliant, it's brilliant man. documentary, you know what I mean. So that's that was my uh, recent recent favorite, which I you know I look for it because it downloaded and I cannot find a CD. I don't think I put out a CD, but there's some tracks on on somebody did a some sort of a, a playlist on YouTube. So I downloaded it, 
turn into a tree and, and put it around me when I want to listen to it. Mm. And that's also, um, was it the, there was this movie, uh, The Revenant? Yeah. Oh, Revenant, the, yeah. The, the Revenant. Revenant, the, yeah. Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. The, and... Yeah, and, and the soundtrack done by Richie Scamotto from YMO. Mm. And that is really brilliant too, you know what oh, I mean? It's, uh, it really, I see cold, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I didn't, so Ryuichi Sakamoto, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, I I watched the movie it, and I, I don't remember the sound at all, realize. actually, but I... <laughs> That's the thing. That's, That's why it works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, after I saw the movie, then I decided to, to look for a track and it was yeah. one track was in YouTube. Now I got the, 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 the CD. Um, and it's, just, it's done with this guy called Aldo... Uh, that's another guy, Italian guy also. Uh, but he's a very, you know, Aldo Novo, Aldo Novo. These are very melodic uh, we, people, and I don't remember a tune at all. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be melodic, man. <laughs> they, didn't, they turn their backs on melody because it. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember it at all. Because it's uh, different kinds right, of film. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Asmil, what do you have any uh, that come to mind? One of my favorites is uh, I, I think uh, Ray Kuda and in Paris, Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that's amazing. Werner Herzog yeah. again. Yeah, that's and, a classic. Uh, no, that wasn't one of That was um, what's his name? Wim Wenders. Oh, that Wim but same gang, same gang, German guys. Yeah, but yeah. another one, I think, more content, more more can kind of rock is probably Neil Young and Jim Jamosh's Dead Man. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's so, amazing. Just him, just him and his guitar and his distortion pedal and yes. all the feedback. Oh yes. my and, god. And it's empowering to you know. I was young there, and I was like, "Wow, hey, can do like that, ah. You know, you know, it, because you're used to grandiosity, right? When you think about soundtracks, and this way, yeah. I think it's very different when somebody who's who's musically trained teaching film soundtracks, they lean to more of that, right? The more grandiose and like you know. Whereas I think yeah. where we're coming from, like you get Ryuichi Sakamoto, Neil Young, and you know, it's like, yeah, you know, there's different ways to approach these things, and the subtlety, I think, is so important, right? Yeah. Well, do, do you do you watch the video of, of the making uh, Neil Young making the soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he man. was you know he was watching watching what's happening. I mean, yes. the, the movie on screen, big screen, and Organic. he's in front with, with his uh, I think from nineteen sixties really huge distortion pedal. <laughs> huge, looks like and, a tank, and, right? <laughs> and just play along with it, like just him himself, you know, and yes. it's just amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And also, yeah. Uh, do you remember Southern Comfort? Oh yeah, yeah, I love Ryan, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Raikuda. That's also yes, really good. Raikuda, Raikuda, yeah. he's underrated, lah. You know, he's he's always a guy in you know behind the scene, but yeah, man. Well, look, well, one thing we're definitely uh, in danger. Well, we we're showing our age here, and don't uh, <laughs> matter, man. From like the 1980s. <laughs> so I'm going to be young and hip, and I'm going to say Billie Eilish, and I don't even know why I'm saying it. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, she's she's done the the James Bond, isn't she? So that'll be interesting. Um, but, but that's uh, the theme track, not not theme song. That's different. Theme song, yeah. Yeah. But, all right, can I can I conclude with asking you to one last question? And 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 our future friendship depends upon your answer. Um, <laughs> okay. So Blade Runner soundtracks, the yeah. old versus the new, which is better? Okay, for me, I mean, the no theme question. is the theme. You know, I mean, <laughs> yes. when 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 the new guy was, what's his name again doing the second one. He was building upon what was done yeah, by Vangelis. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see there's not much, I mean, that much difference in that. Um, but I do, I do, my Blade Runner is my, my number one top film that I always watch like yeah. and again and again and again. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't really listen to that soundtrack anymore because it's there, you see? It's just yeah. there, <laughs> there with you, you know what I mean? 
And you, Azmil? Yes or no? Um, of course, it's original because Blade Runner is still referring to the original. You know, it, it is it is referring to that, and you know that set the template. It's hard to say that this is better than no. I'll, I'll go back to the first, and there's nothing about age. I could be 18 year old kid watching Blade Runner right now. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You're, you're both going to get. You're both going to get Christmas cards. Uh, well, birthday cards. We're still though. friends, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so um, we're going to move on though. To I'm going to do this quite quite quickly now. We're, we've run over there. Um, recommendations. Something that we think might be of interest. And Asmiel's going first. Okay. Actually, since 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 Joe mentioned one house, I was going to recommend it. It's actually a, a podcast from the Origins podcast I saw on YouTube with Werner Herzog. And he talks about philosophy of his films, cancel culture, consumerism, and more. It's two hours long. It's wonderful. It was, I think it's just such an illuminating podcast interview. Check it out. It's on YouTube. The, the podcast page is called The Origins Podcast. Mm -hmm. And the title is Werner Herzog on philosophy of his films, cancel culture, consumerism, and more. So check it out. Sure. Yeah, he's one of the greats, and we should take the opportunity whilst he's still with us to. Uh, oh, he's fantastic. He's, yeah. he's a hero. And his documentaries are, are better than his, actually, than, than his uh, yeah. narrative films. Yeah. No, he's, that well, guy is I, amazing. I, I mean, so, he's, he's the only guy who appeared in Mission Impossible. Like, I don't know <laughs> how that. I mean, he's the only guy who can get away with that, you know? So. And the Mandalorian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian, that's okay. Yeah, Mandalorian, yeah. 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 So he's a, he's a pop icon, man. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, what's your recommendation? Oh, um, you guys should listen to my radio show because uh, well, well, yeah. I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug it. Don't worry. But, but go no, ahead. because because there's so much thing like coming out almost every day. There's the new new music coming out. I will, I will distill it down to Southeast Asia. This is part of my my show. I will play new bands with new tracks that came out in certain months and stuff like that. And uh, it. It, the selection process will have to go through days, you know, because I would I would subscribe to to all the pages, recommendation and everything. I would download them, listen to them, put it like two stars to like five stars or whatever, and then and put it all together. What I'm saying is, I am doing my recommendation of new uh, bands, new sound that coming in from South Asia. So if you listen to the to the radio show, the Rascal Radio Show, then you get this, you know, kind of a selection of, from my point of view of Good stuff that coming out in the region. So that's that's my recommendation. Listen, come, I've been listening. I've been doing it. So that, that's fine. That that's good, uh, Joe, because it's, it's the rice cooker radio and but the rice cooker radio show. Yeah, rice cooker radio show. And, and, and I don't think anybody, uh, certainly in Malaysia, knows Southeast Asian music like Joe Kid does. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. So it's uh, it would be it's um it would be an important thing to listen to. If you want to know what's going on, I'm struggling though because for the past three, I think three episodes, I'm doing it in Malay, and you know me, I'm when it comes to Malay, I'm from Terengganu, um, family from Kelantan, so somehow we we'll get into the Terengganu Kelantan kind of word coming out, like, lama, and so I have to like you know edit it and paste it. <laughs> so, but you know, I mean, I'm getting the hang of it slowly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rice cooker radio show. Um, so my recommendation, yeah, yeah, yeah. my Tune recommendation in. is actually uh, also Joe Kidd's recommendation because he he uh, wrote something in Facebook and I thought, okay, well if Joe Kidd says so, then I will check it out. I've been staying away from it, and I finally checked it out because of him. It's Ted Lasso. Ah yes, yes, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So second season is up now. Second season is up. So Ted Lasso is uh, it, it's about an American played by Jason Sudeikis, an American coach who takes over a, a, an English Premier League football team, 
And and I thought it was going to be really kind of uh, disrespectful to the sport of football and just get <laughs> and have England as just this sort of comedy background. And it's all kind of Benny yeah. Hill and stuff, but it's not at all. And it's um, it's really it, it's really well crafted, well thought through, fun, yes, yes. Uh, yes, loving actually. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, because I didn't, I, I, I saw it before, and I thought, ah, this is American fluffy stuff, you know what I mean? And then I saw that some friends are liking it, and I said, okay, so I downloaded the first episode, and I said, oh, wow, it's, you imagine this one guy who were uh, managing American football team <laughs> who got sent to the UK to handle soccer team. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I always love UK comedies. Mm. Yeah. So that's a mixture there. You know what I mean? But it and, also and gets the, football. It gets football. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm sure they have their, you know, consultants <laughs> to, yeah, no, to go through that. You know? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's uh, Ted Lasso, which is available on your local. Uh, it's on uh, Apple. It's on. It's on Apple. It's on Apple. So that's that's yeah. where. Yeah. Apple TV. Yeah. That's where Joe Kidd um, purchased it. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And so, uh, it's me to thank um, Bungies, Asmu, you know. Let's see. Yeah. Represent. I mean, I know it's COVID and everything, but are you doing any gigs or you got an album out, haven't you? Uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm going to be releasing a collaboration with, uh, it's a cross trade a collaboration with some Indonesian singer songwriters and Art Fazil from Singapore. So, we came up with this song and a music video. Um, wow. Pantara. So it's got coming out on 13 August. I think they're putting on Spotify. We're making a video, and we're gonna do right. a bit of a online uh, sort of uh, launch. So check out my social media, and uh, details should be there. All right. So well, cool. we we are the Nusantara. We are the we are Nusantara. We are the yes. ones who will. Yes. We. Uh, it's not. We are the world. We are Nusantara. We are yeah. Nusantara. Um, okay, cool. And uh, and Joe Kid's already plugged his one, which is the Rice Cooker Radio Show. Radio Show, yeah. And uh, so please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. <laughs>